Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 55. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, February 7th, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or get in contact or leave feedback. It's always appreciated. Again, that's at pixelswim.com for all of that. And you can follow me on Twitter or MeWe or, uh, well, not Google+, for very much longer, but <laughs> feel free to jump in last second and before everything goes overboard. But either way, pixelswim.com for all of that. All right, so let's dive into our weekly notes, feedback, and links like we usually do. That'll be pretty much the main chunk of the show here. Just have a bunch of notes this week to go over. So, of course, I'm going to start with feedback from last week. So I want to just thank a bunch of people for their feedback. And the first person is via Twitter was Frank Neathart, who pointed out that the ThinkPad keyboards are the best that you can get. And so he said, if that's important to you, which I'm I'm looking at that Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Extreme and the keyboard's supposed to be really good on all the reviews and everything that I've seen on it has been very, very positive. So I'm going to continue to that's still on the top of my list and I'm actually trying to price it out right now. And there was actually an eBay deal that I had my eye on, but not 100% sure yet. But yeah, thanks, Frank, for reaching out about the ThinkPad keyboards. I do like the Lenovo keyboard that I have now that I've had on my last couple of laptops. They they do a, a good job with their with their the feel of their keyboards. And I love a good backlit keyboard as well. So yeah, that's definitely important to me. I do a lot of typing and coding and, and keyboard shortcuts, etc. throughout the day. So yeah, I like a good keyboard. And that's uh, definitely positive of that ThinkPad. But anyway, the next feedback is actually by way of MeWe. I had a ton of feedback <laughs> on my last episode when I posted it on on MeWe. So first of all, thanks to Simon Nobbs, who stopped by the MeWe post and left a nice comment. And it was mentioning that he also is a big fan of Flossie Carter. <laughs> so another another Floss fan out there. He actually specifically mentions that he's been reviewing the he reviewed the TriPit X1 true wireless earbuds. And yeah, so I've seen Floss. He's he's going over a lot of truly wireless earbuds lately, and he does a good job of comparing them and rating them and all that. So if you haven't checked out Floss, <laughs> Floss's channel yet, or if you, you know, it's, it's a good channel because he, he goes over and gives a good, honest and genuine review of products and he definitely has a unique style so who doesn't love floss and white shoes anyway <laughs> so yeah for under 50 pounds simon says that he can highly recommend those tribit x1 headphones and it's they're really handy to have just one in one in when i'm at work so that i can listen to podcasts and hear what's still here what's going on around me keep up the great work looking forward to hearing the next episode thank you simon and yeah those you know i kind of have contemplated since i got that that one <laughs> knockoff airpod uh, potentially getting like a wireless buds style earphone so i got those marshall major two over ear headphones and those are really nice but uh, I think I mentioned last time that they can be they can get a little warm it's hard to wear those for a long time so might be nice to have something a little lighter that isn't uh, so expensive so <laughs> and that's not necessarily airpods 
But yeah, so thanks, Simon, for reaching out. And then also thanks to Guillermo Ortiz, who fed back on the NFL that he did. He did. He was going to watch the Super Bowl. He does follow the NFL. So he's basically rooting for any team but the Patriots. And that's a it's a common theme, I think, here in the U.S. Patriots are uh, kind of a dynasty team. So they generally come against a lot of flack who again from people who aren't necessarily their fans and and honestly overall the super bowl was actually very disappointing this year very boring very boring not entertaining game and just overall experience the commercials weren't even that great and it just was overall not not the best experience watching that it was kind of disappointing i think that's kind of the general consensus from the u.s as a whole that 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 Super Bowl was boring and the Patriots did win. So just kind of add another ring <laughs> kind of a thing. So not necessarily very exciting. But thanks, Guillermo, for also kind of going into how he got into watching the NFL, because I'm always curious of people outside the U.S. who watch the NFL and how they kind of came across it or because I know the NFL is trying to expand worldwide. So it's uh, it's always interesting to get a different perspective on things because it seems like such a U.S. centric thing that I'm, I'm never sure if it's you know i i get the feeling that some people find it a, a silly a silly game so <laughs> i'm i'm always surprised when someone outside the u.s is following but yeah thanks guillermo for for all the feedback and perspective on that and so also i wanted to thank mike latori for jumping in on the conversation there and talking about action launcher he actually mentions also that he uh, uses uh, he's used action launcher but he actually <laughs> he said he committed the horrific sin of abandoning nova launcher and i'll actually get into my launcher experience a little bit in a little bit here because that's kind of one of my main notes for this week and so yeah mike <laughs> mike says he he uh actually uses action launcher but that he doesn't run it necessarily on his Moto E, and I'm guessing that's the original Moto E. So yeah, that would not be a good idea. He, I think he said he says it's running the Google Now launcher on his Moto E because it only has one gigabyte of RAM and runs best on Trebuchet. And so yeah, that's the Lineage stock launcher, and basically it's uh, kind of similar to Android stock launcher, but I think that they that they that Lineage adds in a few extra features here and there. So. But yeah, thanks to Mike for his feedback about Action Launcher. I, he put a lot of feedback in there. I meant to respond to most of it, Mike. So uh, just got a little caught up in the week here. So, but I like I said, I'm going to go more in depth about my my launch my Android launcher experience here in a little bit. But uh, thanks, Mike. And another person to say thank you to, and I was a little bit surprised is Ted Salmon. So yeah, he jumped into the conversation and <laughs> he says congratulations on the 500 percent increase in popularity of your giveaway <laughs> so i went from one person entering my first giveaway to five entering the, the second one so it was very uh thanks it's kind of a uh, sarcastic but also positive comment from ted there and he says he uh he says agreed on the marshall bluetooth headphones he has the first gen of the major headphones i'm guessing is what he means by first gen and they're still going and yes the battery life really is 30 plus hours <laughs> still and he has he's had them for two plus years and and so yeah that really instills confidence in me personally that my my major two headphones will be good for the foreseeable future so anyway so ted also says he says well done for keeping it going 
he doesn't listen to every single episode, which is totally understandable. And uh, yeah, it's, but thanks, Ed, for reaching out. And he also says hurrah for cruiser light cases uh, because I had mentioned that that's what my LGG6 is in. And yeah, it's still in there. So yeah, much appreciation for all the feedback on on Twitter and MeWe, especially MeWe this week. Wow, it really blew up. So <laughs> uh, if you're not contacts with me on there, you can... Uh, hit me up on MeWe and become a contact so you can see when those posts go out. Uh, I think I can. I think you can now make the posts public. And so, yeah, I'd probably do that. That way you don't even have to be a contact on MeWe to see it and leave a comment. So, alrighty, Thanks to everybody for all of that feedback. It's always greatly appreciated. And again, go to pixelswim.com if you want to get in touch that way. Okay, so going into another segment here that I'm trying to, the second week in a row that I'm trying to make a regular segment is my LG G6 weekly report. <laughs> so anyway, this week with my LG G6 to keep myself accountable and to continue to use the vi- the device through 2019, I'm I'm trying to to report back on it to kind of keep myself, like I said, accountable. So anyway, this week with my LG G6, I was actually went out to a new location for uh, the company that I work for in the Chicago area. And we had to take some pictures in kind of some tight areas. And so I decided to use my LG G6 (laughs) and for the the wide angle lens on the back was honestly kind of a lifesaver because it otherwise I'd have to, you know, take multiple pictures and and splice them together, which isn't a big deal because I actually use a program called Image Composite Editor on my PC where you can, you know, take multiple pictures overlapping and then kind of tie them all together. But it's not perfect. You know, usually there's some jagged edges here and there. But if you can just get a complete wide angle photo in one shot, which you can with the LG G6, I did. So we had the I had that Canon DSLR uh, that my work has. Uh, I had that there with me, but it couldn't, you know, the the lens couldn't get that that type of angle on it. So it was just a really nice, easy way to get those photos. And they were all going to be used for like email marketing purposes and online use generally only. So not a big deal that their phone photos, it, they didn't need to be the uh the the best you know we weren't we weren't printing these out <laughs> on a on a big old poster or anything like that so i did take the photos in in manual mode and then also in raw so those photos you know i would have a lot more versatility with them but honestly right out of the 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 jpeg that comes out of the camera was actually more than adequate for what we needed so just the you know touch of cropping but you get everything in the photo so it was more than more than adequate for what I needed. Yeah, so that's that's it though for this week on my LG G6 weekly report. Just happy to have that wide angle camera on the back. It's <laughs> it's coming in handy professionally. So love that LG G6. Let's keep it going in, in to the next week here. And I'll try again. I will report back with another LG G6 weekly report. So Okay, so like I was mentioning just a little bit ago uh, about Android launchers and Mike kind of talking a, a little bit about how he uses Action Launcher and kind of abandoned Nova Launcher. Yeah, this is I'm just kind of want to go over my experiences from what I can remember with Android launchers. And it's not going to be as exciting, <laughs> perhaps, as uh, some other people's experiences. 
but and it's not necessarily fully comprehensive. I can't remember all of the launchers that I tried. I I will say that I haven't tried a whole bunch in the recent you know past few years. I really haven't tried very many. But you know, in the my first few years with Android, I did try out a few launchers. So. But yeah, like I was saying, I have tried a whole bunch and all even going all the way back to that uh, HTC T-Mobile G1. <laughs> I remember trying out launchers then but back in the very early days of Android and the Android market and, and things like that. But there's one in particular that I remembered because it was so radically different. And even today, it would be radically different if it was released onto a modern Android device. It's a a launcher called Slide Screen Pro. And I couldn't believe that <laughs> in my my market or my Play Store history where it shows all of the apps that you own, quote unquote, this is actually still on there and it's still available on the Play Store. So I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes in the Play Store. I don't know if they'll have a device that it'll work on, but it is, uh, it's still there. <laughs> but either way, it's a very unique uh, launcher, even like I said, even today, it would be unique if it was released. And basically, it kind of opened, it's it's more of like a stream, a home stream of data for your phone, your messages, your email, Twitter, stock market stuff, weather info and stuff like that. And I also found a good YouTube review video. Well, I, I'll say just okay YouTube <laughs> or v- review video on YouTube. It was Pocket Now who actually reviewed it. And it's kind of a one of the lower quality videos. I mean, it's from a, quite a while ago. So, yeah, this was back in 2010 <laughs> when they had this video. So I think around 2009, 2010 is when I tried it out. And and I just definitely suggest going to the show notes and, and clicking on those links and kind of taking a look at what I mean by it's a stream of your data rather than a traditional home screen with icons and stuff like that so but I just you know that was one of the first Android launchers that I tried because I thought it was so intriguing and and then the way that it it completely rethought (laughs) what your home screen could be and honestly in in a way in a small way it kind of reminds me of Windows Phone and just a little bit so there's it's not that there's a grid of squares or anything like that but just kind of that live information on your home screen type thing. But yeah, so I've been trying out launchers for a long time. <laughs> and honestly, I never really stuck with them for for any amount of time. And so yeah, like I said, I've, I've tried Nova. And apparently everybody uses <laughs> is everybody using Nova launcher? Is that is that a, is that correct? Let me know I should I should put a poll on Twitter or something like are you using Nova launcher because it seems like there's a lot of people that do and there's a lot of advantages to it because you can back it up and if you use a lot of devices you can restore your launcher right there and then on the home screen so yeah so I've tried Nova never really got on for very long with it I've tried uh, more recently I tried the Microsoft launcher I think I talked a little bit about that and how I didn't last very long with that one either. And and I think the biggest thing for me is that in my experience, no none of the launchers that I've tried exactly match the rest of the UI on the device. So I generally tend to stick with whatever the stock launcher is on the device. 
Uh, maybe it's a bit of a, a picky thing, but I like everything to match, even if I have to work around the functionality. If I really don't need a whole lot from my launcher, and I'll go over my my home screen setup in here in a second. But there, yeah, I, I tend to to stick with the stack launcher one for performance reasons. Uh, I know that some launchers are faster and stuff like that, but the, in my in the back of my head, I always think that this thing, you know, the launcher is is eating up space and RAM and all that stuff, even though I know performance wise, it probably isn't making much of a dent. So there's probably nothing to worry about. But yeah, I like to stick with the stock launcher, even in like Mike was saying, the trebuchet launcher in lineage is I, I'll stick with that. I won't even put anything custom on on a, a lineage install if I if I do that. So I just I don't know. Overall, I just like that fluid interface experience, regardless of what it is. And so even on my LG G6, I'm I'm actually using the uh, LG's home and app drawer option because uh, on LG devices, you can have it where you have all of your icons sort of iPhone style on all a bunch of different uh, home screens or yeah, a bunch of different screens. And then there is the option to also have an have an app drawer set up kind of like, you know, regular Android. So, yeah, I'll go over real quick my basic. I have a pretty basic setup with my home screens and I really only have two. I have two screens. So the left one is kind of the main home home screen and then there's one to the right that holds some icons and and my frequently used stuff so the actually the app drawer on the lg stock launcher the one that that offers the app drawer it actually is a little bit weird because it doesn't keep the apps sorted alphabetically if you install a new app it just gets added to the end of the apps list and you have to go into the settings and change it back to sort it alphabetically. And so it's kind of a little weird quirk that I don't necessarily like. So the app drawer isn't sort of an automatic thing. You kind of have to manage it a little bit more, but not a big deal. But either way, on my main home home screen, I have a I don't have any Google search bar. I and also I do not have any sort of Google now or whatever the Google cards or any sort of that custom stream of whatever, you know, stream of cards off to the left. So I've turned that all off uh, on LG on the LG G6. It's called Smart Bulletin. Uh, that's kind of and I know on HTC, I think they had was a blink feed or something like that, where you could enable that and have that off to the left of all your home screens. So I turn all that off because I never use it. And yeah, so on the home screen, I have a clock widget. It's called minimal clock, and I'll link all of these in the show notes so you can check out the apps. So I have that clock widget kind of at the top and then a little space below it with nothing. And then I have the next four Agenda Pro widget, which basically you can configure this to show your next your next upcoming uh, agenda appointments, anything that's in your calendar. And this widget is part of why I <laughs> didn't really like the, the having the Outlook app because it didn't add your calendar stuff into the Android uh, into the Android system calendar and like where you could access them with the Android system. And so that's what this calendar widget does. So you couldn't do that with the Outlook app. And that's part of why I am using the 
default email app and calendar app on this LG. But either way, that next four agenda widget. And I'll put, actually, you know, I'm going to put a couple of screenshots in the show notes as well of these home screens, or at least links to them so you could see what they look like. And so, and then below that widget, which is a, well, technically five by one widget on this LG home screen is a row of five icons. And the first one is that default LG email widget and the default LG calendar widget, my OneDrive app, the Google Maps app, and the Firefox icon. And I'm going to get in, maybe next week I'll go over <laughs> my my browser testings on mobile. So I actually had the Edge browser there for quite a while up until yesterday, and I'm trying out the Firefox browser on Android because every once in a while I'll go back to it and Honestly, I haven't found it too great. But um, anyway, on, that's all on the first screen. And then on the second screen at the top, I have a weather widget. And it's just an app called Weather Timeline, which I, is a really nice, clean weather app and offers some nice, a lot of different widget options. And so I, I like to keep the backgrounds transparent on on most of my widgets with uh with you know textual information on them so i can just lay them on top of a nice wallpaper and they just kind of you know float there as information but either way then i have a whole row not uh i got a little bit of space below that widget which shows the which i have set up to show my uh the week weekly uh forecast and then i have an uh a row of widgets one of them is a folder with as of right now, I there's a folder that I call recording, but in it is the HD audio recorder that comes on the LG G6, and then an app just called Audio Recorder by Sony, who has a nice, simple, and actually really nice, uh, nice recorder app that you can that has a lot of options in it. And then I have a shortcut to a folder on my OneDrive just so I can get to it really quickly. And then as of yesterday, I added a, the Fire, the, is it Mozilla or is it Firefox? I can't remember either way. I'll just call it the Firefox Notes app. And that's an app that syncs with Firefox if you have uh, a Firefox account. And just to add some notes, so I was just testing that out yesterday. And then I have a, a basic audiobook player app. And it's probably the one that I recommend the most on Android. And then I have Two Dots, which is a game that I like to play every once in a while. I haven't <laughs> pressed that icon in a while, but I like to have it there. So I remember that there's, you know, something on there to do. And then uh, the next row of five icons or five, yeah, five icons is the NPass app, which I'll get to in a little bit here. <laughs> Not happy with NPass right now, but either way, there's then there's the eBay app, which I open up quite a bit. And then I have a folder with all of my social apps in it. And that includes Google Plus, Twitter, Hangouts, MeWe, Telegram, X, actually, and then Skype. And then I have Roku next to that, the Roku app. And then another folder that I put some websites that I like to visit. Like one of them is the TV listings because I haven't found an app that I really like for TV listings, but there's a good app. Uh, website, I think it's called Zap to it. That is a good online uh, way to access TV listings. And then also I have a link to the Microsoft Rewards dashboard, uh, just so I can check up on my Microsoft Rewards. And then in the last row on the second screen, I have my DLG gallery app, the LG music app, and then podcast addict and 
which I access quite a bit. And then Pandora. Of course, I have the a subscription to Pandora. And then I finally have the YouTube, YouTube app icon. So those are the two screens. And then at the bottom, I have docked. And so docked means it's on every screen. I have the phone app and the contacts app, which is all the same in, in LG. But if you add the the contacts app icon, you it'll jump to the contact section in the, the phone app. So and then the app drawer button and then Textra. Um, I use Textra for my SMS and MMS messaging. Uh, so I, it's pro- it's probably the best uh, SMS app. I'll have to go over that sometime too. This actually is bringing up a lot of topics or for things that I could talk about in the future. But and then the last app I have on my dock is the camera, the camera icon. So uh, app icon. But yeah, so that's my basic setup. And again, go to the show notes so you can see the the home screens <laughs> so you can see at a much quicker pace or p- quicker clip what is, what is on my home screens. Yeah, and then the wallpaper I have right now is just kind of a, a subdued mountain wallpaper. And I actually do like to change my wallpaper every once in a while uh, periodically. And so I actually do like having the Bing wallpaper of the day and I use the Daily Pick app for that. I think I've mentioned that app in the past, and so which will automatically change the wallpaper. But other than that, I actually use an app called Backdrops, and I get a lot of there's a lot of nice simple wallpapers in there. Uh, what I usually look for in a wallpaper is something that I can easily read my <laughs> transparent widgets on, with the their sort of white text and white. Uh, graphical elements so I don't go with anything too crazy that's going to make it difficult to read everything on the home screen because I think that that kind of defeats the purpose and functionality of getting to things quickly so and plus it can be just irritating to the eyes overall but yeah so I just thought I would go over that and that's like I said whatever launch whatever the uh, the device comes with is usually what I use as far as a launcher goes so that's just kind of a quick experience, my experience with launchers. Not a whole lot to say. I don't get too excited by launchers, so not the uh, not the most in-depth thing that I can talk about. So, But uh, let me know what launcher you're using if you want to feedback about that. I'm always interested to know what people are using, if there's anything unique. I mean, there's so many on the Play Store now. It's hard to, it's hard to de- decipher which ones are actually good, and, you know, it's hard to to trust the the reviews and stuff like that you just never know what you're going to get unless you actually try it but if and if anybody has any suggestions i'm more than open to to trying them but for now i'm just sticking with lg's lg's launcher because you know i don't really (laughs) do a lot of fancy stuff on my home screens but anyway all right so the last thing that i want to talk about this week and i mentioned it a a minute ago when i was talking about impasse is that the NPASS UWP version 6, so Universal Windows Platform app, has dropped support for Windows 10 Mobile. So I was playing with my Lumia 950 and was online or trying to sign into something through the Edge browser. And so I jumped into the NPASS app on, on Windows 10 Mobile on that 950 and notice that some of the changes I'd recently made via my desktop app, which is version 6.0, 
uh, did not show up <laughs> in that NPass app on uh, which is like 5.5.7 on on Windows 10 Mobile. So basically, Mpass is no longer available <laughs> in the Windows 10 Mobile Store or on Mpass's website. They do not advertise that they support Windows 10 Mobile anymore. So they do have a Windows 10 uh, Store app, which is just for desktop, but they do not support the uh, mobile devices anymore with that. And so, and basically, I couldn't find any documentation saying that the NPASS UWP was getting the axe. And so I was <laughs> I was a little confused by the whole thing. But in, like I was saying in the store description for NPASS on on the desktop browser or on a desktop or a laptop, etc. It shows only it only shows PC under the supported devices on that store listing. And so it was a little disconcerting to find out that the it can no longer receive any sort of synced updates in the app on Windows 10 Mobile, especially because I had paid for the for the UWP app on Windows 10, which covered mobile also. And it was also a little bit disappointing to find that the UWP version 6, or it's not even a UWP, it's just the NPASS app on Windows 10, it, there's also premium features now that need to be purchased, one-time purchase. So that's how Mpass works, is it's a one-time purchase per platform. So there's an, basically I already paid for the UWP, and now they offer in version 6 other one-time payments for premium features. And just, you know, it, it just I didn't see that this was advertised anywhere. So it was a little bit disconcerting and I actually reached out to them via Twitter and then they did not respond. So I reached out to Steve Litchfield and of course he <laughs> right away, he jumped on it and wrote a piece on all about Windows Phone to uh, kind of show the fact that they were no longer supporting Windows 10 Mobile. And in my eyes, they're not they're not cross-platform anymore because Windows 10 Mobile is not dead <laughs> yet. And honestly, it didn't. What doesn't make sense is that the new version six database for NPass is not backwards compatible to version five, and so you can't access any of the new updated entries in your password database in version five, which that's. Yeah, boo, <laughs> boo to that. So I guess this is really all overall, this is just kind of the risk you take when you when you're working with the for profit model and a company who's a business. And so they basically took the you know, they can take the money up front and uh, I hate to put it this way, but they can pretty much do whatever they want after that because they don't they're not depending on month to month subscriptions. So you've already paid the price. And so it's just really disheartening and has uh, I, it's, you know, honestly, it's not the biggest deal in the world. I know I'm kind of making it out to be like it's, you know, oh, that's it. I can't use NPASS anymore because I still use it on my desktop right now for all of my password management. And honestly, version six, it looks a lot better, but it just it's a little bit laggier, a little bit buggier than version five was it's just you can tell that they've 
tried to beautify everything before thinking about the functionality of it. So I'm a little bit disappointed with NPass right now. And I'm, I've, I mean, I've gone over it on my podcast here that I've, you know, I've gone all in on NPass and, and it's my password manager. So I've, everything is in there. Everything new that I add is in there. Whenever I update something, it's in there. And so it's just kind of disheartening to see that they drop support like that. And, and one of their biggest things was that they touted that they were cross-platform. So unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, like I said, in my eyes, they're not so much anymore. But it, all of this has just kind of got me thinking, got me into a little bit of a frenzy of thinking about going back to something like KeyPass or finding some other solution that's open source and sort of self-contained and not dependent on, you know, like where updates, there's more of a community behind it, you know, instead of a company, uh, because it's, it, it's just a, like I was saying, you know, you work, you're working on a business with a business. This is the type of risk that you run is that they can either, you know, flop or make changes like this without, you know, necessarily a community backing like that, you know, like, uh, KeyPass being open source, there's a, you know, a big community behind it that develops third party apps for it, you know, so you can always find some sort of solution or, you know, someone to actually talk to you about anything that's going on. But with NPass, you know, you're dealing with a support system <laughs> that doesn't necessarily see anything wrong with what they've done in version six. So yeah, just buyer beware on NPass. If I mean, honestly, if you're going into it now, you, you know, it might not be so bad because you're starting with the new version of the database, but it doesn't instill confidence in me that they won't do something like this again in the future. And the fact that they're asking for another payment for premium features on a Windows 10 app that I've already thought I already purchased, that is disconcerting in the, in, to say the least. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to start looking for another solution potentially in the key pass arena there's a lot of stuff developed around key pass so i will probably look a little bit more into that but you know i'm not in any rush to do to do that it's just you know it's end pass is still working for me now but i i just don't like that type of business practice of leaving people out in the dark like that and and i'm not the only one there was a forum thread on their own support forum that you know, a lot of people having the same qualms with it. But yeah, I just wanted to go over that because obviously NPass and password management was a big topic early on in my podcast, I believe. And it's just, uh, yeah, a little bit like I'll just say it again. It's disconcerting. And so, yeah, I'll put a link to the AAWP article in the show notes so you can go check that out and uh, leave a comment there for maybe NPass will go to AAWP and, and see what they've done, what they've done to the, to their Windows 10 mobile users. But either way, yeah, I think NPass is kind of on the way out for me. Okay, so that's it this week. I just wanted to go over all of those notes, the NPass thing and the the launcher thing, and just kind of sum those up and and as things that I've thought about quite a bit this week. So. Again, like I said, we'll just wrap this up. If you want to follow along with everything or get uh, leave feedback on this episode, you can go to pixelswim.com. There are many ways to get in contact on there. There's even a comment section on the show notes page. If you want to leave a comment there, it's always appreciated. Any feedback is 
always, always, always welcome. So <laughs> anyway, it's been a long week. It's, I'm going into a, a, a rough weekend of a lot of work here. So with the film festival ramping up here, some some big deadlines to try and keep. And so I'm just shocked that I even got an episode out today. It's been pretty hectic uh, work wise. And so, yeah, uh, I appreciate you tuning in as, as always. And I hope that you will tune in again next week for episode 56. Uh, like I said, I always appreciate it. So have a great afternoon or evening or Super Bowl hangover or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. <laughs>